Good evening, listeners. It's time to settle in for another chilling story of suburban suspense. From the slumbering heads of Mount Rushmore to the twin and windy cities. From the unseen depths of the Great Lakes to the rustling husks of cornfields across the heartland. Who knows what ghouls and crawling creatures lurk among us under the Midwest moon. Milwaukee Shadow Monster. Comic books had never meant summer for Sam, like most, who think of comics in the same vein as baseball games and snow cones, red and blue like 3D glasses, and the popcorn and pop of mid-July movies. No, comics would always be a winter treat, a fresh stack of issues unwrapped at Christmas, waiting to be poured over from a cocoon of blankets and pillows while a bitter wind tantrums outside. Having already exhausted her gifted books, a Frankenstein graphic novel and the most recent issue in the new run of The Flash, Sam bundled up to walk to the comic book store in search of something different. Sam felt in the comic shop that she imagined her empty nest uncle felt at the counter of his favorite diner, immediately cheered and a little less alone. Even when she wasn't looking to buy anything, Sam found comfort in the tears of glossy covers— all the color and action and villains and thrills. A cardboard cutout of Venom stood in the center of the store's back wall, dividing the shelves into two sections, new releases and novelty titles. The novelty comics were a mix of special issues, gimmicks tied to promotional events, and works by regional writers and artists. Sam browsed one comic that featured Hanukkah in Central City and flipped through another title, The Midwest Mariner. The illustrations impressed her, black and blue images with the look of woodcut prints, but the nautical theme didn't interest her, and she carefully reshelved it. She started to move on to another section when a flash of gold winked in her periphery. Just below eye level and tucked halfway behind another comic shone a unique, handmade-looking comic, The Milwaukee Shadow Monster. The title was gold-foiled, and the cover featured a shadowy figure backlit by a bright light. Sam opened the first pages and saw it was published by a local printing press, though no author or illustrator was listed. An employee stocking the shelves beside Sam noticed her interest. That's a fun one, he said, pausing from his work and smiling as he nodded toward the book. He explained how the comic's gimmick was that secret messages and bonus images appeared on pages when you shone a light on them. A tiny flashlight was attached to the book, dangling from the spine on the string. The employee told Sam how a lot of customers flipped through the book, testing out the flashlight on the blank pages, but no one had been interested enough to buy it. He suspected it was because a couple of the pivotal pages did not respond to the light. It could be the age of our copy or maybe a printing error. It's a neat idea anyway, he said. Sam agreed. 
This was exactly what she was looking for. She headed to the register, picking out a holographic sticker of the Green Goblin and grabbing a pack of grape Big League Chew from the counter. I hope you enjoy the story, the employee told Sam, sliding the comic into a slim paper bag with her gum and sticker. Though she had space for the bag in her backpack, Sam chose to carry it instead, gently crumpling the top of paper to hear its satisfying crinkle as she walked home. Once back in her bungalow of solitude, Sam slipped the comic book out of the bag onto her bed. She pulled off her tennis shoes and climbed under her comforter. She couldn't think of a better way to spend her last day of holiday break than escaping into a new story. Within moments, Sam was in lockstep with the heroine as she investigated a band of shadow creatures who had infiltrated her quiet suburban neighborhood. Every several pages came a blank page or blacked-out pane requiring Sam to use the flashlight to reveal a speech bubble or hidden image, the words and drawings blossoming like faint neon tattoos. Halfway through the story, Sam ran into what the comic shop employee had mentioned— Shining the light on the climatic page was supposed to reveal the villain, but nothing happened. The heroine reeled, frozen in fear by whatever she saw in the black expanse, with one arm raised protectively in front of her and her face retched away from... What? What was it? Sam tried pointing the flashlight from different angles and ran her fingers over the inky shadow on the page. Nothing. She held the flashlight closer to the page. Steady as though sweeping a black sand beach with a mini metal detector sam ran the flashlight back and forth across the darkness all while keeping the lens of the flashlight flush with the page now and then sam thought she saw the ghostly silhouette of a form appear a face or lurching torso but she would blink and lose the image in an instant night fell on sam's attempts and she set the book aside bleary-eyed determined to continue her efforts tomorrow the next day, Sam took the comic book to school and worked to reveal the villain during passing periods between classes. Her friend Chase tried to help, offering suggestions like warming the page with her hand or dabbing it with lemon juice. The first had no effect, and Sam feared the second would just dampen and wrinkle the page. Maybe you need a brighter light, Chase suggested. The flashlight is cool, but maybe it's more of a novelty... You should try shining something stronger. That gave Sam an idea. After school, she rushed home and headed straight for the garage. Her dad had a workshop set along the side wall where he fixed appliances and restored old radios. Telescoping out from the wall was a megawatt light on an accordion arm that could be adjusted to shine down on the workspace from any angle. Sam pulled out the comic and held it open on the table. With mittened hands, she powered on the light and swung it low over the stubborn page. Nothing happens for several moments. Sam was about to call it quits when suddenly, the light flared blindingly bright and a rush of air tore through the garage like hurricane wind through a tunnel. The pages of the book flapped violently in the gale as the dark shape lifted from the page, almost like a black vapor, and floated up towards the light before vanishing. And in an instant, the work lamp's bulb burst, leaving Sam gasping in a sudden pitch darkness. The wind abated as quickly as it had kicked up. The shape that rose from the book had looked to Sam strangely, impossibly human. A loud knock jolted Sam from her shock. Sammy! 
her mother called from the kitchen just on the other side of the garage door. Don't forget you're watching Miles tonight! Sam let out the breath she had been holding in and untensed her shoulders. Whatever had just happened must have been imagined, surely. She did this sometimes, got too invested in a story and slipped the slightest bit into a comics fantasy. The wind and shattered light bulb were harder to explain. Maybe poor insulation and freezing temps could be blamed for both. But she would have to sort it out later. She felt her way to the door and headed inside to gather her things before making her way across the street to watch the neighbor's son, Miles. Sam loved babysitting for the same reason that she loved comics and theater. She got to indulge her love for storytelling, for magic and make-believe. Where her classmates were fully invested in personal romances and social media trends, the kids Sam babysat were just beginning to discover the thrill of ghost stories, read by flashlight and battles in tunnel forts. Miles was especially fun to babysit. He had a whole arsenal of Nerf guns and super soakers, and he was always up for a science experiment or a dance competition. Tonight, Sam polished rocks with Miles, and the two took turns drawing each other's portraits. As dusk approached, they ordered a pizza and threw snowballs in the driveway until the delivery man arrived. The whole night, despite Miles' diversions, Sam's thoughts flitted back to the incident in the garage and to the comic in her book bag. After eating and writing a list of rules for a new board game they invented, Sam led Miles up to his room to go to sleep. Adventurous and mature as he was, Miles was every bit his age when it came to the fear of the dark. Sam loved that about him. She left the bedroom door ajar to let in the hall light and turned on the nightlight besides Miles' bed, a slowly spinning menagerie of robots and rockets that cast their traveling shadows across the room. The parade of silhouettes circled the walls, long and distorted on the far wall and crumpled as they passed over the curtains above the bed. After two bedtime stories and the promise of pizza for breakfast, Miles drifted off and Sam retreated to her biology homework downstairs. Twenty minutes later, as Sam was nearing the halfway point of her assignment, a scream shot through the house's sleepy silence. Miles. Sam rushed upstairs and pushed into his room. Hey, what is it? she asked, moving to sit beside him. He was breathing heavily, a sheen of sweat across his forehead. He said nothing, staring wide-eyed at the wall straight ahead. Sam followed his gaze over her shoulder and froze. There, above Miles' dresser on the far wall, was the profile of the shadow monster from the comic. His curved shoulders and round nose stood out against the sharp geometric shadows of the nightlight. His silhouette remained motionless as the robots and astronauts continued their lazy loop around the room, until suddenly the shadow creature lurched in the opposite direction of the nightlight, arms raised high as it lunged toward the bed. Sam shrieked and gathered Miles in her arms. She lifted him up, taking an armful of comforter with him, and bolted for the stairs. Sam hurried down the stairs, tripping repeatedly over the bulky bedding wrapped around Miles. When the two reached the ground floor, she flipped on the living room's overhead light and sat beside Miles on the couch, her arms circling his trembling shoulders. They sat huddled like that for over an hour, fully alert, until Miles' parents got home. Sam apologized for Miles still being awake, but she didn't say a word about what had happened. What could she say? What is it possible for two people to share a hallucination? Anyway, she knew Miles would be safe with his parents' home. 
She quickly packed up her homework, being careful not to touch the comic in the front pocket of her bag, and hurried home. Rehearsals for the winter play started back up the next day after school, and Sam was grateful for the distraction. Sam and her classmates had reached Tech Week for The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the final week before an audience when sound effects, costumes, and makeup were added, and the last pieces of the set were finished. The frantic pace of the show and backstage chaos worked well to occupy Sam's mind, making it easier to forget about the shadow creature for a time. When the final dress rehearsal for the play arrived, Sam felt that familiar mix of adrenaline and excited nerves. As the narrator, Sam spent the entirety of the play on stage, which allowed her to see all of the show's special effects up close. The play featured floating jack-o'-lanterns and an air cannon that shot orange glow-in-the-dark confetti at the audience when a pumpkin exploded. The most impressive effect was a towering silhouette of a headless horseman, pumpkin head held high. Even knowing that the horse was papier-mâché and the head was a prop from the Halloween shop, Sam felt a little thrill at the eerie effect. Tonight, Sam had just started narrating that climactic scene in the story when she turned back and noticed something different about the backdrop. Two shadows loomed large across the black scrim. Two shadows where only one should be. There, besides the silhouette of the headless horseman, astride his horse, crept the slender creature from Sam's nightmares, the Milwaukee Shadow Monster. Look out! Sham shouted before scrambling through the masking curtains to rush backstage. In the light of the blue safety lamp, she hurried down the scrim, just in time to see the shadow monster's silhouette ripple across the flats painted with trees, disappearing into the wings. Before the director or her classmates knew what had happened, Sam powered on all of the high-intensity work lights, flooding the black stage with their intense beams. Amid the murmurs of confusion and the surprised whispers between actors and stage crew, Sam caught Chase's eye. He wore the shocked expression of somebody truly terrified. It was far more honest fear than he'd ever managed as Ichabod. Did you? Sam started to ask. I saw it, he said. Wait, was that? For my comic, Sam finished, nodding. Chase took a moment to process this, oblivious to the stares of the cast surrounding him. What do we do? Sam shook her head at a loss. How is the villain defeated in the comic? He finally asked. Sam stammered out all she could recall from the comic story. How the heroine had realized that shadows need light to survive, so to escape the creature she needed to counterintuitively seek out the dark, to turn off all the lights when she was most frightened. But we're not trying to escape it, Chase argued. We want to catch it, right? Okay, so then we do the opposite, Sam said. It occurred to her that the creature seemed to be attracted to bright lights in otherwise dark spaces, first in the garage, then Miles' nightlight and the spotlights on stage. Once they created those conditions and lured the monster, they'd need something small and contained to hold it. The heroine in the comic had used something called a shadow box. Surely they could find something similar in the school. Sam's mind raced through ideas like a child twirling a spinner rack, I've got it, Sam said, grabbing Chase by the wrist and leading him out to the hallway. The fine and performing arts all lived in one wing at the school, the band and chorus rooms beside the art studios. All next to the auditorium across from that, the little theater, a small stage and several rows of seats that served as a classroom for speech and drama classes. 
The back wall was lined with dozens of miniature sets built by the play production students. These model stages created out of foam board and furnished with miniature set pieces mimicked the sets of famous plays and musicals. Sam scanned the collection quickly until she found the one that she was looking for, Wendy's bedroom in Peter Pan. Sam pulled it down and put it on the lip of the stage before instructing Chase to turn off the classroom's fluorescent lights. Sam's friend Dominic had built this model last year, and Sam remembered how he'd use high-beam laser pointers to cast stark shadows across Wendy's room. She recalled how searingly bright the lights had been, making the model glow from their concentrated beams. Sam found the switch that powered the miniature lights and turned it on. The dusty display lit up like a marquee. Within moments, just as in the garage, a sourceless wind whipped her all around Sam and Chase, and in that instant the two friends spotted the black shadow monster floating across the classroom ceiling. The monster's vapory form tore away from the ceiling and it traveled haltingly down toward the model, its limbs scrambling wildly as if it was trying to escape an unseen pull. Then all at once, the dark shape seemed to funnel into a miniature set, vanishing as laser lights blinked out. Immediately, the wind died, and Sam and Chase panted in the dark and sudden quiet. All night, Sam and Chase guarded the model set, taking turns watching it as the other slept. The next morning, they tried to find the publishing house printed in the comic book, but the press was clearly defunct. All they found at its address was a rundown office space, its windows semi-boarded up and inside a single desk littered with dusty stacks of paper and binders. Plan B. Sam and Chase hurried down to the comic book shop with a model set. Breathless, they placed it in front of the counter along with the Milwaukee Shadow Monster comic and looked around the store for an employee. Making a return? Was it too tame for you? A voice called out from the stockroom. Sam and Chase spun around. In the doorway to the back room appeared the silhouette of a man who had sold Sam the book. His slim shadow, midnight black and backlit, the twin image to the Milwaukee Shadow Monster cover. I should have recommended the sequel instead. I think it's my stronger story. You'll like it. The Shadow Monster puts up more of a fight.